Welcome everybody to the Lockdown Lakers podcast. I'm Anthony Irwin. I'm joined by nobody. Uh, nobody is here with me, just like nobody is going to be backing up Rajon Rondo or, or replacing Rajon Rondo. Uh, Darren Collison, according to Adrian Wojnarowski, is opting to remain retired and uh, puts the Lakers in a real tough spot. <laughs> really, really tough spot. Uh, today's show... I, I had actually previously recorded the episode, so there might be some somewhat aged content to come. Uh, but, you know, what can you do? I'm re-recording the first segment here, and uh, I'm going to break down what this means, what the Lakers are going to do, and then I'm going to dive right back into your guys' questions for for segments uh, two and three. Uh, let's Let's start from, I guess, what this means, right? What this means is... The Lakers now have to hope they can convince Reggie Jackson not to go to the Clippers. They have to hope that they can maybe convince Tyler Johnson, who was just waived by the Suns, uh, to come to the Lakers. And they have to hope that both those guys are considerably less washed than they have shown themselves to be over the last season or two. Uh, they... This is just—it's not great, Bob. <laughs> there's, there's not much else I can say here other than this is a blow to the Lakers. They seem to have planned on their 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 trade deadline approach around the idea that they were probably going to land Darren Collison. Uh, they even entertained him at a game, and uh, maybe they served bad wine. Uh, maybe I, I don't know what the deal was there. He he got shown on the Jumbotron. Lakers fans showed him their love, and he said, no, I'm going to wait till this upcoming offseason. So what this means is, and it's kind of unfair of me, I'll grant that it's a little unfair of me to levy this criticism right now, given everything that the organization has been through uh, by way of the loss of Kobe Bryant. But what this means is, yet again, the Lakers waited on a specific target and uh, planned on landing that target and missed out on opportunities because they were waiting. So uh, in the case of Kawhi Leonard, obviously, there are other free agents that the Lakers could have signed uh, while they waited for Kawhi to make his decision. They thought they had the intel that, would, that, that had them landing him, and then obviously... Uh, the the rest remains history, and, and he is now a Los Angeles Clipper. And then here, in this case with Darren Collison, like people are acting like this was just something that he decided right now. And maybe that's the case. Maybe, you know, maybe he floated that he wanted to come out of retirement, you know, all these uh, a few weeks ago, maybe upwards of a month ago, and woke up. Sunday morning or Sunday afternoon from a nap or, or just decided Sunday, you know what, I'm going to stay retired. Uh, maybe that's actually the case here. But what the Lakers have to do is they have to figure out a way to get better intel on the people that they're thinking about signing. In Kawhi's case, they, I would have hoped, should have known more about what he prioritized in the free agency, uh, in the process of being pursued in free agency. Uh, in this case, Look, Matt Barnes said just the other day that Darren Collison texted him and said he was 50-50 at coming back in the first place at all. And if Matt Barnes has that kind of information, then the Lakers should probably know a little bit more from having spoken to him. And 
And the, the other thing too is like they didn't have to wait until after the trade deadline to in uh, to to have Collison at a Laker game. They this idea like they 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 strike me as the college student that you know procrastinated and procrastinated and procrastinated on on studying uh try to do a, a crash course on 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 studying for an exam the day of the exam showed up and they failed it and you know again this this is tough criticism and, and bordering on f- unfair criticism given everything that Rob Polinka went through uh, over the last week, he lost his best friend. He lost his goddaughter, and uh, and you know, in, in horrific and tragic fashion. And so, you know, in, in that regard, we do have to have some empathy and say, you know what? Maybe he just wasn't ready to, you know, deal with the trade deadline, and 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 uh, you know, wasn't as interested in in. Uh, learning as much as he possibly could about Darren Collison because he was he was, you know, in uh, over his head in the grieving process. That's altogether possible, and and that's a very uh, humane explanation or, or yeah explanation of what happens. What it isn't though is an excuse. I don't think Kobe would want him to like his his passing to be used as as an excuse, and. It, I, it's tough. It's it's tough because the Lakers right now are kind of sort of screwed, <laughs> and and this was a a hole that they knew they had to fix. They this was a hole at backup point guard that and even starting point guard, frankly, because Avery Bradley is not a point guard, uh, and and so you know let's let's you know kind of go down the line here of of options. You have like I said earlier, Tyler Johnson. You have Reggie Jackson or whatever, but. All in all, this is not the best. This is not uh, an outcome that the Lakers were hoping for. And now, look, in, in the case of Kawhi, they did have a backup plan. They they very obviously told some of the guys that they wound up signing, hey, if you wait around, we'll give you an extra something-something. And, and, you know, they, they were able to save their offseason. In this case, I'm not sure what their backup plan might be, but you know, if it, they they probably they do have options here, and you know, even even though Reggie Jackson is really close with Paul George, they can tell him, look, you have you're going to have way more opportunity here in L.A. than you would have uh, with with the Clippers. Uh, Tyler Johnson's game is flawed, and and he might not necessarily fix all the Lakers' problems, but you know, he's he's certainly an option there. Uh, Trey Burke is an option. The problem with all these guys is I'm not sure they have the resume to be able to convince Anthony Davis and LeBron James that Rajon Rondo doesn't have to keep playing as much as he is. But you know what? In in, in situations like this, you do what you have to do uh, to make something work. And you know whether it's playing Quinn Cook more and figuring out more about what they have there, or going with some of the guys that I mentioned. Whatever their their approach is going to be, they're going to have to figure something out. They're going to have to figure out something really quick, uh, and and they're going to have to figure this out. By the way, with trades not being an option, if they wanted to trade Kyle Kuzma for Derrick Rose, that option is now out the door, and I highly doubt Rose is going to get bought out. So uh, this is where the Lakers find themselves, and and they find themselves in this predicament. 
largely because of the lack of intel once again and maybe it's overconfidence maybe it's it's any number of things and and like i said there is an explanation as to why their feet might have been dragging on on some of this but that still doesn't change the fact that they are they they are no less screwed because of the because of however things whatever led to the predicament that they're currently in all right let's take a, a quick second here when we come back uh i will answer your guys's questions Today's show is brought to you by the Arizona Board of Tourism. We've been talking about them now for a couple months. They have been hugely supportive of the show, and I want to make sure that we continue to support those uh, partners who who keep our lights on. Uh, head on over to visitarizona.com slash spring training. Again, that's visitarizona.com slash spring training. Uh, and you can check out everything that they have to offer out there. They have obviously spring training baseball is right around the corner. I'm out here actually, as you guys know by now in Austin, we woke up today. I was hanging out with my uh, brother-in-law. We were on his back porch and we looked at the, uh, the trees that they have in their backyard. He lives kind of in the sticks. And we saw the first kind of hints of green on the trees. And he says apparently that's pretty early on in the season for, for green to start showing up. But that means spring is right around, right around the corner. And, and spring in Arizona is about as beautiful and, and amazing a, a setting as you're going to find out there. Hiking, uh, rock climbing, biking, uh, food, wine, all and anything that you could possibly ask for. Like I keep on saying, they have it. So go check it out. Visit Arizona.com slash spring training. Again, that's visit Arizona.com slash spring training. Start planning that trip today. This question comes from Small Ball Lineup. They were asking about uh, the idea that the Rockets were playing a lineup with everybody 6'5 or uh, shorter, and and uh, I think it's interesting. And they were asking basically if I think it can work. I think it can work in that kind of setting where it's a one-off. You can't really scout for it because it's so different from anybody else. But I do think over the course of a seven-game series, you're going to run into some problems here. We kind of see this with Steph, and um, I look anything close to Steph slander gets you canceled from NBA Twitter. So I guess I'll I'll keep this brief, but. Size matters in basketball. Size matters in sports. Like if you have two players and they're of equal skill level and one is bigger than the other, that player is probably going to be more valuable. And I think what we saw sometimes with Steph, we saw it with Dame some too, that with smaller guards, come playoff time when you're allowed to body them up a little bit more, you can put taller defenders uh, on them for, for longer portions of the game. They can sometimes struggle some. And I think here with uh, Houston, the idea here is we're going to put a bunch of guys out on the court uh, that force you to not be able to double team. And then that allows Russell Westbrook and James Harden to be able to pick you apart. Now, obviously, it worked in that one game. But over the course of a seven-game series, I, I do think the Lakers would have handled uh, their own offense better and slowed down Houston's offense uh, to the point where they wouldn't be able to take advantage of those things. The other thing, too, is when you're that small and when your entire team is that small, 
you have to play really, really hard, especially on defense. And so maybe Mike D'Antoni is saying, you know what, screw defense, we're just going to focus on offense and make it so that you guys can't stop us. And we will use just math because a three-pointer is worth one extra point compared to a two-pointer. We'll just use that math to our advantage and, and take you down that way. It's a fascinating, fascinating experience, and I can't wait to see it take place. I just think I'm a little skeptical when when everything that we've that we've been shown to this point in in NBA history has has made sure that we knew very clearly that size matters. Shaq was you know the most dominant player in 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 NBA playoff history and it was because nobody could move the guy. <laughs> Right? LeBron James is one of the most dominating players in the history of basketball. And it's because when he starts, you know, when he gets a full head of steam, he is like an actual train engine coming at you. And it's really hard to guard that. Michael Jordan was bigger and stronger and faster than everybody in his era because he was the one who really kind of started lifting. Uh, especially he was the first at his position who really started lifting. And that made him, you know, truly special out there. Uh, so I, I think... While it's fast, it's interesting to see what they're trying to do here. I, I'm a little dubious as to whether or not it's actually going to work, but I, I, I'll watch nonetheless. That's for sure. Let's go to the next question here. This comes from CJ Mendenhall. Uh, hey guys, wanted to say that Anthony's rant on people who think Tim Duncan was better was pure gold. You had me all amped. Uh, Kobe is now finally getting some of the respect he deserves. Two questions. One, do you ever DVR the game, start watching it a little later, and fast forward through commercials? Uh, I sometimes do that so I can watch shows with my wife, but uh, Pete's Twitter suggests he's watching live no matter what. What do you do when Jeannie wa- uh, and this question is to Pete, what do you do when Jeannie wants to watch something with you? Also, am I the only one who knows Tim Duncan's ridiculous haircut looks like the hair of a guy who made a living uh, off bank shots. So the I, I have to watch all the games live because uh, we, as you know, in terms of the people who cover the team, we all watch them collectively on Twitter. We interact with each other, and if I start later, then that means I won't be able to to do that. I understand why some people do though. Some of those commercials can get pretty ridiculous and especially if you have to watch them over and over and over again. I get why I it, like if I didn't do what I do for a living, I I would probably try that out uh, a little bit more. I I really like doing that with football, but again, you know, sports is like the last thing that we all watch collectively live and you're missing out on that experience if you don't if you don't do that. Uh, now, in terms of like what happens if Jen wants to watch something during a game, well, we have multiple TVs, uh, and if it's if it's something that she really deeply, deeply wants to watch, then she, you know either she or I will go to a different room and watch what we want to or have to watch. And then the other thing too is for those of us who cover the Lakers for a living, it's kind of tough to try to tell us, hey, we don't want to watch this when our livelihoods are based on us being able to watch these games. So, but you still got to find a way to make compromise and, and, you know, trust me when, when it's not Lakers season, Jen's in charge of the remote. Let's go. uh, Oh, and then regarding Tim Duncan's haircut. Yeah. I, I think Tim Duncan looks like somebody was playing on NBA 2K when you were still allowed to make players look different and then just like Photoshop, basically a different haircut on him. But good questions nonetheless. Uh, Let's take another quick second here. And when we come back, I'm going to keep on answering your questions. 
Today's show is brought to you in part by Echelon. Uh, if you're trying to get fit in 2020 and you set that as a a personal goal to lose X amount of, of pounds, one of the best possible ways just in terms of for your body to get fit is on a bike. There's less pounding. It is, it's great cardio for you. Uh, it allows you to get your workout in as quickly as you need to. If you turn the, if you if you want to adjust the bike so that it's as strenuous as possible, so you can get in and out as quickly as you possibly can. And if you are going to use the bike, then check out Echelon. Uh, go to echelonfit.com to discover their X. EX1 connected fitness bikes that offer a high quality at home cycling experience at less than half the price of a Peloton. Uh, to uh, get fit in 2020, you don't have to join a gym or pay a ton for an overpriced bike. Looking at you, Peloton. The best way to get in the best shape of your life is with Echelon. Echelon makes beautiful engineered pro- products for everyone busy moms and dads, first responders, elite athletes. It doesn't matter your background, you can use this bike. And with daily live and on-demand studio classes right in your home, you'll never have to step foot in a gym. You'll love Echelon, but if you aren't 100% satisfied, they'll give you your money back. Join the hundreds of thousands of men and women who are getting fit with Echelon. Don't pay a ton for Peloton. Use Echelon's bike today for under $1,000. Go to echelonfit.com slash L-O-N-B-A. Again, that's echelonfit.com slash L-O-N-B-A to learn about their limited-time free Apple iPad and complete details of this exclusive exclusive offer. Echelon, it's your time. That's E-C-H-E-L-O-N fit.com slash L-O-N-B-A. Echelon fit.com slash L-O-N-B-A. All right, this question comes from Biz Nookie uh, Dunk, and the question is basically if there's a way to keep Pete and Harrison and Tom, who filled in for me on those days that I missed while I was moving, uh, to keep those guys and and get rid of me. You guys are stuck with me. I'm really sorry. Uh, The next question here comes from uh, Huli underscore O. Hello, Anthony and Pete. Just wanted to know what you thought about this trade scenario. Want to know first if you would agree that the trade about the trade, and second whether this would be enough to get a deal done. I don't think the cap space adds up, but uh, up here. But humor me anyway. Thanks, guys. In a three-team deal, the Lakers would receive Dennis Schroeder and Derrick Rose. The Thunder would receive Kyle Kuzma and a Lakers future second. Pistons would receive Rajon Rondo and a f- a th- the Thunder's future first. Uh, all right, so. I'll tell you right now, the Thunder don't do it, right? Because they're trading away Dennis Schroeder and a first-round pick in order to get uh, Rajon Rondo. That that doesn't quite add up. Uh, in terms of like what it would do for the Lakers, yeah, it would make them a much better team. You get rid of Rondo. Losing Kuzma would kind of hurt. I guess the Thunder would get Kuzma and a Lakers future second, but yeah, I, I don't, I don't think that's enough for the Thunder to to make that deal. Uh, but yeah, I I think. Look, the trade deadline is behind us anyway. It's going to be interesting to see how the season that Kuzma has from this point on. I read an article for Silverscreen.com basically saying, hey, now's the time, Kuzma, for you to, to, to prove to everybody why the Lakers uh, f- feel so strongly about you. And, you know, we'll see where that goes. And then at the end of the season, if he doesn't do that, if he doesn't live up to those expectations, he's getting the first bus out of here. Uh, and, and, and the Lakers will get whatever they possibly can for him for more immediate help. Uh, but, yeah, I think now, you know, obviously with the trade deadline behind us, 
the focus is now on not just the uh, not just the buyout market, but also how can the Lakers just in general get better together in in house even. Pigish one one seven writes: Does the Clippers getting Morris and it mean the Lakers have Collison in the bag? I wouldn't think they would they would get it if they had a chance at Collison. I think it was just I think Isaiah Thomas was just salary filler uh, to be able to make a deal work. They've already waived him. I do think though, if I had to predict one way or the other, uh, I believe Reggie Jackson is getting bought out or has been bought out. And if they had a choice between Reggie Jackson and Darren Collison, I think the Clippers would probably prefer Jackson because of his friendship with Paul George. Uh, but yeah, I look, Collison showed up to a Lakers game, uh, got to got to hear the crowd chant for him and all that stuff, felt that love. I would be pretty surprised if he isn't a Laker now. This is if if I get let down, it's my own fault for setting expectations, but. But that, I think that's how that probably plays out. Uh, let's go next question here from Sniggs24. Uh, Since Vogel is the coach of the Western Conference, do you see any way he vouches to have Rondo added to the team? Uh, and if so, which all-star would he take away minutes from? Uh, I don't know if... I don't know if it's so much a Vogel thing. I know Pete likes to... You know, Pete You know, pins most of... Uh, not the blame or whatever, but but he does still. It, it, he, Pete is still very much in the camp of if there is somebody vouching for for Rondo, it isn't just Anthony Davis, it isn't just LeBron, and and the Vogel is making these decisions too. I just, I I, I don't know. I I don't see how somebody who has been around the 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 league and the game as long as Vogel has. Is is sitting there watching Rondo and and still speaking up for him in any way, shape, or form. Uh, now, you know, would LeBron ask for Rondo on the All Star team? Would Anthony Davis ask for Rondo on the All Star team? Yeah, I guess I could see that. Money Mike H writes, "What's up, man? There's been a lot of talk on you moving. Did you move back to Texas? And if so, uh, welcome back, fellow Texan. Viva la raza! I am out here. I'm gonna go see my family here in a little bit. Looking forward to it. But so far, it's so good out here in Texas. Very welcoming. Uh, love you guys. Uh, or no, Lakers writes, great work. Keep it up. Listen, uh, listen to the Woj Pod the other day, and he had uh, the same com.com sponsor spot. His accent ca- cracked me up. Cam.cam. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. I would, I would, I might actually check that out just to listen to that. Let's go. Last one here. Goat James, number one fan, writes, JR, what do you think? Uh, what do you guys think of JR Smith replacing Troy Daniels? They shoot about the same, if not better. And JR uh, also has more length and is, a, is better on the defensive end. Also, what do you guys think of Dion Waiters on the buyout market if there's any chance of that helping? One more thing pineapple belongs on pizza. I agree. I, I'm cool with the Lakers actually giving JR Smith a look here. I, I think it's a, a good idea. Uh, he does offer a little bit more length. He's more of a natural shooting guard, so I think that would be useful. They aren't getting much out of Troy Daniels or Quinn Cook anyway, so you know maybe give give a shot to J.R. Smith and, and see what that looks like. They are first obviously going to work him out and see if he's kept in shape, and if he has and he isn't going to throw any soup at, at anybody else, then I, I don't see a problem with J.R. Smith. Uh, I'm, I'm less high on Deion Waiters. I just think he, 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 his 
off-court stuff makes me a little nervous. Not not in terms of like, you know, like look, I'm not going to judge anybody for marijuana because you know for obvious reasons. I'm not going to get into, but for just in the sense of like, does he does he help winning teams win basketball games? I don't really know if he does. Uh, he isn't as good a shooter as J.R. Smith. And while he would help some with the second unit as as a primary or secondary creator, he, he would just never be able to play with LeBron or fit with LeBron. I think he was as soon as LeBron showed up, LeBron showed him the door. So I don't think that's that's happening anytime soon. That's going to do it for this episode of the Locked On Lakers podcast. We have a few questions to get to over the course of the week, and we will do that. For now, have a great rest of your day. Make somebody else's. We'll talk to you tomorrow.